Hello and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's new and very special edition of X Vlog Live. I am your host, Mr. Boomstick XL. And wow, talk about a lot of ongoings when we're still, you know, almost 18 months later talking about ABK. Well, folks, I have uh, been very, very fortunate enough to not only uh, schedule and confirm that Post Up, who uh, who's a big part of this community, is going to be a part of the show. But I am very, very honored and incredibly thankful to have Florian Muller. Uh, obviously, you know him on uh, on Twitter as Foss Patents. Uh, these two gentlemen have made it their personal business to inform the community over the past few months regarding the ongoings with ABK. There's been a lot of back and forth with currently the CMA. We know that we are still waiting for the FTC to figure out what they are going to do. And of course, we have New Zealand, we have Canada, we have Australia that are also in the process of potentially giving us their ruling on it. But uh, Florian, thank you once again for being here. We got a chance to talk for about five minutes in the green room. Honestly, this is a complete honor. Uh, I know that we've been in touch back and forth on Twitter. And to have you on today's show on some very, very important tweets that you put out there. Uh, as a matter of fact, Windows Central Gaming did a story based on the information that you found. And we were going to talk about that, you know, potentially offering the ideology that there could potentially be collusion, especially if who is making some of these CMA decisions. They worked for Sony and they've been opposed to Microsoft for many, many years. But good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Boom, uh, for having me. It's actually uh, something I had intended for quite some time to, to join you on the show. But as I said on Twitter a couple of months ago, let's wait for the right time when there are some yes. new developments. And there's no, no shortage of new <laughs> developments um, with clearance decisions in the EU and China last week, with the appeals being filed yesterday in the UK by Microsoft and ABK, and um, today's speech by the European Commission's antitrust chief, um, which I think was like almost like a historic speech um, for this deal also, because the way she defended it was so incredibly um, compelling and such a good story. So, like I said, there's enough going on, and I'm happy to talk and looking forward to post up joining us. I've obviously been been connected with him on Twitter for a few months as well. Well, listen, uh, let's as we wait for post up to get here because he is he is he is confirmed he is going to arrive. He's just running a little bit late. I, I do want to open up with your your particular tweet where it says the European Commission officially confirms that it has been in touch with regulators in the UK, but also Canada, the US, Australia, and New Zealand regarding the Activision Blizzard merger by Microsoft. And you go on to say that uh, there's, there was a diplomatic dig at the CMA that the EU remedy has celebrated by has been celebrated by developers, by cloud gaming providers, by distributors, and of course, also by consumer groups. Uh, and obviously, you have Boosteroid and you have NVIDIA here, as well as a few others, uh, support the EU's approach and disagree with the CMA. When someone as prominent as the EU not only approves the deal, but welcomes in 
a new breadth of competition in cloud that is still a very, very minute market when you when you compare it directly to gaming. My question to you is, does does the European Commission and this historic uh, speech does could that potentially influence uh, Canada? and Australia and New Zealand. But more importantly, I, I know that the door is closed on the UK because of ca the cat now looking at it. Um, but the FTC still standing fast, which we all believe that Microsoft can and will easily beat them. Does Could this, this, this new development that you reported on actually influence these regulators around the world? Um, yes, um, obviously to a different degree and in different ways. What we um, must consider here is that obviously all of these regulators are the regulators of sovereign nations. None of them, you know, is like a colony of the European Union. So um, they are definitely going to maintain their own profile and they are not going to want to just like copycat uh, another jurisdiction's decision. And obviously all of them also see what, what the CMA has done, but I believe that there's a couple of reasons for which the European Commission's going to have more persuasive impact on those regulators, especially in Canada and New Zealand, maybe Australia. Um, with the UK, it's not like the door is closed. If they wanted to come to reason, they could, and they could settle this because uh, like any court, the CAT, the Competition Appeal Tribunal would would prefer a, an amicable solution that it doesn't have to rule, maybe not even hold the hearing, but that is a little bit, um, um, it's, it's not that likely to happen in the coming days or weeks, but we'll see what happens closer to the um, to the final closing date under the merger agreement, which is July 18th, because something will yes. up a little bit maybe toward the end of June, early July. Um, in the U.S., uh, as you said, I mean, technically, yeah, I mean, even there, the FTC, they could settle. Um, it doesn't look like they want to because there was a report by MLEX, a specialized news service that especially... Um, yeah, in this ABK context, a lot of people have heard of who never knew what MLEX is, but I mean, I've been in touch with them since 2009. I know these guys. and In fact, many of their reporters, including their most senior reporters, follow me on Twitter, as anybody can verify. So it definitely is a longstanding relationship. And MLEX reported that... Um, Microsoft, after the EU decision, went back to the FTC, showed them the EU decision and the remedies and said, can't we just work it out too? And apparently the FTC was not even interested in entertaining any of these remedies and not even in having a conversation. Wow. Um, but in the coming weeks, we may see decisions, especially from Canada and South Korea, but South Korea was not mentioned by the EU today, and New Zealand. New Zealand has currently the deadline on the 9th of June. Um, Australia has the process on hold. I don't know what that means, um, but they could, of course, restart the clock anytime. Um, so if you are now, say, you're, you're, you're down in, you're down under, right? And you're in New Zealand and you have to now make up your mind and you basically have three choices or let's say, Four, I mean, you could theoretically also adopt the stance of, for example, the regulators in China, Brazil, Japan, some places where they did not impose any remedies. They just cleared the deal unconditionally. Right. Um, if they had wanted to do that, then probably they have done it already. 
So that's why I'm not so hopeful that New Zealand, for instance, is now going to clear unconditionally, but it's not impossible either. Um, so that leaves you with the choice of A, coming up with your own uh, original kind of solution if you want to be original uh, and creating right. to B, adopt the CMA stand, C, the EU position more or less, and then maybe make adjustments as they are um, as they make sense for your local market. Like, for example, maybe Call of Duty has more users uh, in, in, in a certain um, jurisdiction than another. Um, I think there are a couple of reasons for which it would make a lot of sense for those regulators to follow the EU's thought leadership as opposed to that CMA insanity. First, I mean, um, first, the EU has a way better reputation. It has a lot more experience doing yeah. because they've been handling these big cases for decades. I mean, the first major merger where I was actively involved, in fact, opposing that deal at the time, and we also got a statement of objections from the EU, was when Oracle, the database company, acquired Sun Microsystems, the Java company. And the issue was not even Java. It was MySQL, an open source database that's used by a lot of websites. So um, the EU has been doing this for a long time. And as long as the UK was an EU member state, automatically, all the major cases went to Brussels. London was bypassed. So, I mean, I in, in one of my blog posts, when I was really angry after the CMA decision, I said, as I compared this, you know, the most popular spectator sport, at least in the UK and the EU, which is soccer. And I said, this is like a second division team from England. It's like Stockport County FC. <laughs> until until <laughs> basically thrust them into a higher league where they, now, where they now suddenly find themselves and we see what happens. And, and um, so I think the EU really, just because they've been dealing with this for a lot longer, and frankly, you can see that the CMA they're now facing two kinds of issues that the EU has been dealing with for a long time and is very well aware of. One is that they see what happens when you take on those, those behemoths, those giants. I mean, the EU, they are incredibly careful about, you know, before they sue an Apple or a Google or a Microsoft, they think about it 10 times because they know that those companies, they're going to hire the best lawyers and they're going to hire, if necessary, hundreds of lawyers to work on a case. I mean, almost literally, almost. I mean, you might sometimes find like 100 lawyers or so on this case, all of them, you know, extremely smart people trying to find mistakes that the regulator made. And, and the CMA has not really been exposed to that to the same extent. They claim they know what it's like, but they don't, they haven't really experienced it. And the, the other thing I believe is that the CMA lacks this experience. They're now actually learning the hard way, I think, um, which is that certain cases are going to have implications that just go beyond the regulatory arena. You're talking about political implications, and now you have the number two person in the UK government, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, their Treasury Secretary, criticizing the CMA in a public remark. He did it again, like diplomatically, sort of subtly, but not all that subtle because major UK media like the Times and the BBC, they very yep. clearly interpreted it as a dig at the CMA. And, and, and people in, why would this happen? Because of these huge implications. So if you're a regulator in like New Zealand, Canada, wherever you may be, um, first, you know that the EC has a lot more experience and expertise in this area, and the CMA is just now um, kind of like a little bit new to this. And then um, the second thing is 
You then look at the decisions. Now, none of us has seen the EU decision because they've only published the press release. We've right. Fact, today's speech by the EU antitrust chief, Margrethe Vestager, um, the commissioner in charge of this executive vice president of the commission as well, um, that speech actually told us more about their decision and how they arrived at it as than the press release did last week. <laughs> and um, and that is, uh, which is why I posted large parts of that speech on Twitter. Um, so, but they will get, those regulators will get the full decision of, I don't know, 200, 300, whatever number of pages, CMA decision is 400 plus appendices. Um, they can read this. And I'm sure that the EU decision, because I've seen the CMA decision, that one was published. Of course, they redacted out confidential data. But if you, as a, as a third party, you read those two decisions, what you see is the CMA decision, it's so biased. I mean, you can see throughout the document from page one to page 400 and something, you can see that they would buy the most absurd representations made by yeah. any of the complainants. Um, things like Google Stadia failed because they didn't have Call of Duty. Um, at the same time, they say Microsoft is like has an like an unassailable market leadership in this space. <laughs> I haven't seen Call of Duty on xCloud so far. Um, so, I mean, you see this. I think those regulators, I mean, they have a certain instinct. They, they will intuitively see, okay, you can really see this year was not really like they were looking at the evidence objectively. They wanted to arrive at a decision no matter what. They had to give up their console theory of harm because they made an incredibly stupid mistake where they were figuring, trying to figure out, okay, is it profitable for Microsoft to withdraw Call of Duty from the PlayStation or maybe degrade the quality? They subtracted the cost to Microsoft from doing this for one year, meaning not being on PlayStation or not being successful there, from five years of profits on the Xbox side, which obviously is, is crazy. And then they had to that one. So you see that as a foreign regulator, and it does not, I think, really lend a lot of, I mean, credibility, credence. It does not make that CMA decision look all that good and worth adopting. So I think we've been joined. <laughs> yeah, we actually have uh, a good friend of mine personally, Florian. Uh, his name is Everborn Saga. He is uh, a data analyst. Uh, he has been on top of the ABK uh, uh, deal and merger both in the uh, approvals and, of course, the CMA's block. And he asked uh, to jump in because he's always wanted to speak with you. So, I, I of course, I, I'm, I'm going to oblige. Uh, but I do have a question uh, for you before we bring in Everborn Saga. I had asked at the title of the show, has the three branches of the UK government lost faith in the CMA's proper decision-making? Because you said that when you read the CMA's, uh, 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 you know, uh, block paperwork, which was, I believe, 401 pages, you said the word that there was bias from front page to back page. And that's that's what I read as well. Uh, I had also commented, and of course, I'm, I'm not an analyst, so I don't really know. I said it feels based on the knowledge that, that I have and the information that's been available to me, that they got it wrong even worse than the console harm SLC that they had to backtrack on. Uh, how would you respond to that? Has the, has the UK government actually lost faith and could they get involved? 
Right. Um, very good question. And um, it, in fact, has a lot to do with the UK and its history, because the separation of powers that you have the executive branch of the government, the legislature and the judiciary, and that they are, of course, there are some interdependencies, but in principle, each of these powers should be independent. And that is, of course, a, a historically British concept that has basically been exported to the whole uh, civilized world. I, by the way, I mean, I forgot to, to do that when when I when we started, because on these other interviews and the other podcasts or YouTube shows I've joined, usually it started like with an introduction. I do want to make this clear that you know that there's no, no that nobody will accuse me here of not being transparent. That on right. every single page of my blog, on each and every page, there's the author's profile in the right-hand column, and people can read that. Yes, I have a Blizzard history, and Microsoft is also one of my various clients. But I do not speak for them. In fact, a lot of the things that I say, for, when I, for example, say I'd like them to close the deal over the CMA's objection and duke it out in court, like the investment bank from Australia, Macquarie, also recommends, that's just totally my views. I mean, right. I have no idea where they stand on this. I actually doubt that they're going to do it, but I'd, lo I'd love them to do it. So I just wanted to say that. Now, talking about the separation of powers and the three powers here. Yes, I mean, what we have now is first last week, after the day after the EU decision, there was that hearing in the UK Parliament in Westminster. Right. And there was particularly that one conservative MP, um, member of parliament, Bim um, Afalani, um, who really took those CMA folks to task. And he was very smart because they were trying to like sidestep his questions and he kept insisting. So you've got the legislature, you've got the lawmakers and the CMA's chair said two very important things. At that hearing. One is, he said that we recognize that we are accountable to this parliament. So that is, but accountable does not mean parliament runs the CMA. It just means that parliament can ask questions. And that's what they did. And that's what I think they're going to continue to do. The other part is, and of course, that parliament has given them the powers they have in the first place and could also take them away. I mean, that parliament could make it easier to appeal the CMA's decisions, all sorts of things. Then the executive branch. So what you got there is it, it already started about two weeks ago when Prime Minister Rishi Sunak on LinkedIn, by coincidence, a Microsoft website. In fact, that was Microsoft's second largest acquisition. That was the one before ABK that also, by the way, required some commitments to regulators, behavioral remedies. Um, I was not involved with that topic. I was not commenting on it at the time. But so he posted it to LinkedIn, which shows that it, not necessarily bad for end users always when a big company acquires the stuff and he posted and he explained that they really don't want basically government and regulation to get in the way of business and that they wanted to to cut red tape and and he then mentioned the cma and said a strategic steer as he called it for the cma is coming a few hours later that friday uh, 13 days ago he, they published that strategic steer. Now, strategic steer does not mean it's an order exactly what to do, but it gives them some priorities. Said focus on cost of living, focus on markets where there is no competition, where you have a market failure essentially. And but it was also about well, you got to be mindful of you know investment, foreign investment. We want to attract growth. So some of you know some of the stuff that plays a role here. Um, then. His basically, basically his deputy, sort of, the chancellor of the exchequer, which would be called the treasury secretary in the U.S., um, a, a very 
well-respected politician because there are people in the in the UK I've, I've seen that on Twitter who don't like that don't like the prime minister and this government in general but people tend to be more favorable about Jeremy Hunt this politician than the others and Jeremy Hunt was at a public event um, on last week's Wednesday in the UK people asked him about the ABK thing. And then his answer was, well, the US regulator, the FTC is suing to block the deal and then our regulator did this. Then he said, we believe that it's a good thing that we have those independent regulators and we'll get to independence in a moment because they're not independent and dependent. But he said, we, we have these independent regulators. We think that's a good thing. We believe that that actually attracts companies like Microsoft and Google to the UK. But, and I mean, just that word, but that was actually capitalized by the, the Times, that, you know, prestigious London newspaper, when they on Twitter reported on this, but they also have to understand their responsibility for investment and growth. Yes. So, and that, I mean, that was really, and, and it was, and there were UK media outlets that said he was like taking a dig at the CMA and these kinds of things. So we've got the executive government, which now has, in different ways, the LinkedIn Post, the strategic steer, and Jeremy Hunt statement. Um, and the executive government, to be clear, I mean, that they've lost faith, sort of like in the CMA being on totally the right track, is extremely meaningful because if they want to, they can replace those people. I mean, I know that there are also other people, including on YouTube, who just say, no, that's not the way that lawmakers wanted it to be. Let's face it, the business secretary, simply like the, the equivalent of the US Commerce Secretary, can simply replace the leadership there. That's the way it is. That's the law. There's no qualif qualification in the law, no restriction, unlike the FTC, by the way. So if like President Biden wanted to fire Lena Khan, there are only some narrow circumstances defined in the law that allow him to do this. Not so in the UK. So at the end of the day, if they want to, they can tell those guys, if you don't come to reason, then we're going to have some other people in charge who are going to do the right, make the right okay. decisions. That's just a fact. Um, so um, executive government. And then finally, the judiciary. I just saw that yesterday then, that there was this report that one of the CAD judges, and that's the appeals court with which Microsoft and ABK yesterday lodged their their appeals. That a member of that tribunal said that actually the 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 CMA should not be all that inflexible about remedies because they like to say that they always want a divestiture or they just want to block. And to block is not a remedy. I mean, that's like calling arsenic a medicine, right? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, and, uh, so, so he said they shouldn't be that inflexible when it comes to climate change issues, because especially in that climate change context, you may sometimes see that maybe some competitors are unhappy about a merger, but you get some efficiencies that may also in the end mean energy efficiency. Yes. And nobody's saying that climate change could be used as a wholesale excuse for simply for simply vitiating and gutting merger law. Nobody wants to do that, but it's like, be a little more, you know, look at this more holistically, look at the whole picture, look at all of the implications. All of that combined, in my opinion, bodes well for the further process. The, the CMA, of course, still appears kind of entrenched, and they especially did so last week when they responded within an hour or two um, of the EU decision and they defended yes. theirs and basically criticized the EU, which is really unprecedented. I've never seen a regulator do that. That, again, probably has to be attributed to that lack of experience. Um, 
a day or two later, the EU antitrust chief, uh, actually the same day in that evening, it was still, um, Vestager got interviewed and, and she was asked um, about, you know, the communication with the other regulators. She said, no, we don't do that publicly. If we have something to tell each other, we pick up the phone and talk. And that's the way it should be, which takes us all the way back to what your original question was. Um, so that is your first question. So. Um, that is the way it's usually done. And now what instead, what the what the, the CMA is doing, they're sort of yeah, defending their position, but I believe um, really the tide has turned. They have no more backing in the UK from none of the branches of government. Um, this, obviously the CAD, when they review this decision, they have to apply a certain legal standard. They can't just substitute their opinion for that of the F of the CMA, but I don't think they're going to find it very hard to, to identify major errors in the CMA ruling and overturn it. I think they can do that and they will probably do that. Um, so they've got that problem and then they've got the industry against them, except for Sony and Google. I mean, that's the way it is. Um, you've got NVIDIA, a company that previously had issues with the CMA because they wanted to acquire that semiconductor design company ARM in the UK and weren't allowed to do that. So they have a history there. NVIDIA actually says, we believe that that's good for cloud gaming. You've got the small European startup, Boosteroid, saying it would be good. Yeah. Um, you've got the European Games Developer Federation, EGDF, which has been supporting this deal throughout. You can find statements on their website. You can find them on Twitter. I think it's EGDF underscore team or something like that. Um, I've shared some of their stuff. You've got large companies, small companies, medium-sized companies, everybody but Sony and Google in favor of this deal. And that's um, why all in all, I think um, the CMA um, should at some point really try to find an exit from this. I don't really think it is institutionally a good idea for them to, to see that appeal through. Um, I wrote today on Twitter to maybe wrap it up uh, with, with that point, but to, to also mention that here, there are like two scenarios now between now and, and the 18th of July that would be negative for the, for the CMA. One is that Microsoft and ABK extend the merger agreement because if that's what they do, and that's, by the way, the most likely thing to happen, if they extend that so that it does not expire mid-July, but that they have another six, nine, 12 months, whatever they are going to say in that agreement, or maybe it's not a period of time, but they say until three months after the CAD rules, whatever they will say, um, if they do that, then that means, okay, the, the, the problem's not going to go away. They're not going to drop the appeal or the appeal right. is not going to be declared moot. The other possibility is the one that I would personally prefer, but again, I, I think Microsoft may be a bit too conservative to do it, but I would not rule it out 100%, which is that they simply close the deal. And that would be terrible for the for the CMA because it would undermine them. They would then have to try to find Microsoft and the UK government at some point wouldn't let them do that. I mean, they're not going to, you know, let the CMA go completely crazy, I think. So um, what... What the, the, the third scenario, which of course would be the one that the CMA would hope for, is that they cannot agree on an extension, that they do not close the deal, that they abandon the deal. And then the CMA could say, we've won. We were right. They did not. But that I personally cannot imagine right now. <laughs> right. You know, I, I absolutely agree. I have everyone, let, let, let's bring you in on the conversation. Is there anything, anything specifically you want to ask Florian? Yeah, there are. There are two things, um, and I think he's, he spoke to one of them, but I just want to maybe uh, add a little bit of adobo to it. 
I'm saying Adobo. I'm getting ready to get on a flight to go to Dominican Republic. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, but I wanted to come in, talk to Flory, and I've been following him for a while since they they confused you with a Twitter fanboy that was following uh, f- tracking flights, not knowing your uh, resume and, and pedigree or whatever. <laughs> uh, but so so Florian, um, you talked about the scenario of um, Microsoft potentially closing the deal over um, UK objections. And, and so, and I know a lot of people just think that that is unheard of, it's never happened. And again, the thing that I add to that is that we've never really had a situation like this. I can't point to, and, and again, this is very easy to look up. You can go and look at the CMA's website and they show the cases that they reviewed and they show how they ended and they show you know, their phase one finding, phase two, whether it was prohibited, all those things. And I could not find a case of the CMA after publishing their phase two decision, completely dropping a major uh, SLC in the way they did. So we're already in sort of uncharted waters, aside from being the largest, you know, uh, purchase in gaming, in the gaming industry, and for Microsoft and for all involved. But um, when we take for granted, because I think this is sort of a high stakes game, geopolitical game of, of poker, because we can say that the the if the UK blocks it, it's all over. But Florian, just and chat, I'll ask you all, all guys a question. Let's say on June 21st, uh, Microsoft magically works something out with the CMA in the UK. And but on June 21st, South Africa blocks the deal. Does Microsoft close it? Do we believe Microsoft closes if they got the US, the UK, China, and the EU, and everyone else, but South Africa is the holdout? Right. Do we um, think- in Abercorn, you're absolutely right. And thanks very much. I think you've you've made a very fundamental point here. And that's one that we, we, we must consider when we also read what those financial analysts say about this deal. Because they, and and when we look at the stock price, where there still is a huge spread between the current stock price and Microsoft's offer of $95 per share, in that kind of world, especially because there have recently been some issues with other mergers that did not materialize or got held up, um, they really very much like to base everything on how it used to work in the past. They'd like to have a huge statistical sample of a thousand cases in the past and then draw inferences from that. The problem is, as you said, I mean, you, you, it's so well stated, this year is really a new situation. It's, it's unprecedented. And it's, it's not just unprecedented. I mean, we say it's almost like incomparable to anything that the, the CMA has ever done and, and a similar thing. However, actually, some of what you just mentioned has, in fact, happened. So first, my understanding is that there was that Bauer Media case. It was a publishing company kind of case in the UK where the CMA also had to revise its provisional findings. Um, so it may just be the second one where they had to, after okay. the provisional findings, which the, the EU equivalent would be the statement of objections. Um, but even that means that we're basically talking about such a small sample that there's no statistical reliability. The, the CMA says we only block about a handful of deals a year. By the way, the EU only blocks about one per year. <laughs> but they say, okay, only a handful per year. Um, even that is not a whole lot of cases. The CMA was just formed about 13 years ago or something like that. They've only for about two years now been able to deal or been allowed to deal with those big cases. Um, so 
And then many mergers, they just get abandoned. When there's regulatory resistance, you cannot secure approval in a jurisdiction like that. The parties are going to drop it. The sellers are going to want to find another buyer, and the buyer is going to want to look for some alternative, either making an alternative themselves or buying another company where they don't run into those issues. So it is not that often that you really have a company, especially a company like Microsoft, being determined to make it happen. And that's why I think you're, you're right. I mean, it doesn't help to just apply conventional wisdom, say this is the way it's ever been. People even get these the stats and the facts wrong about the, the chances of appealing those, those CMA decisions. Um, in fact, they only win about 67% of the merger appeals and 33% in one out of three cases, the CAD identifies at least one issue and, and something has to be done about it. The only thing is that nobody has yet been able to really basically, let's say, resurrect a deal where the CMA right. said, we're going to block you. Or uh, there was one situation, FNZ, and that one actually involves also the lawyer who's representing Microsoft now against the, the CMA, um, uh, Daniel Beard, um, King's Counsel. Um, in that case, yeah, they, they, they appealed successfully, but in the end, the CMA got the remedy they wanted, which was a wide-ranging divestiture. And then there was the Meta Giphy case, which was about that gift thing where Meta just a couple of days ago was announced they sold it for $53 million to Shutterstock. They had acquired it for $400 million. And that whole loss is attributable to the CMA blocking the deal. And they appealed, but they only won on a narrow procedural issue. And if it's only procedural, if you, if you prevail on a procedural issue in the EU, your merger goes through. This, the commission does not get a second bite at the apple. The CMA gets it back. But what people don't understand is that the CMA has to respect and has to comply with and abide by the CAT's guidance. If it's procedural, then the CAT just says, do it again. That is no guidance. But if the CAT says, you got the market wrong, you got market share wrong, Microsoft does not own 70% of the cloud gaming market. If the CAT, I mean, my hope would be, I think that would be the easiest solution. If the CAT said one thing, it was irrational or unlawful to reject the proposed remedy, the remedies that the EU accepted. It's game over for the CMA. There's nothing they can do if they, when they get the case back. They're going to have to accept the remedy right. that Microsoft offered. And people get these things wrong. And, now, and talking about this closing over. Closing yes. over means, first, what's, it, that is not unprecedented either. There is a situation now, it's in the pharmaceutical field, life sciences. So that was a company named Illumina, a U.S. company, Illumina Grail, another right. U.S. company, Grail. They announced that deal one day, they announced closing the next day, <laughs> obviously without regulatory approvals. They just went ahead. They actually set aside half a billion dollars in their balance sheet to pay for the fines. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, ask for forgiveness instead of permission. But here's the thing I just want to add to, to, to what we're talking about here. Just so I'll, there is a so Brexit, I do think, plays a huge role in this. Right. So and when we say you just have to do in a, in a deal this size, because people leave out the fact that Giphy was only four hundred million dollars and you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Uh, yes. You, you know, to, to, to continue to fight a thing that probably wasn't worth what you paid for it to begin with, this is a different story. But um, I think there is still an open question, right? The US and the UK currently do not have a trade agreement. Those talks stalled, and I know that this is not related, but I, I'm just trying to 
paint a picture of where things are uh, with the UK, right? And so, and I brought up South Africa, I could have used South Korea as an example, but I, I say, I brought that up just to say, there are certain uh, jurisdictions where we think their approval is nice to have, but not mandatory. And I believe that it's an open question for a deal this size, that the UK is something that if everyone else says yes, China, they work stuff out with whether it's through the court or through some negotiation with the FTC, Canada, everyone else around the world. Do is I believe it is an open question right now that the UK alone, this is with not being a part of the EU. They're, they're competitors with the EU right now for business, many other things. Yes. Does the UK alone have the power to block a deal of this size? Because I'd argue that uh, South Korea doesn't have that power. I'd argue maybe Brazil. I don't think Brazil has that power. Does South Africa has that power? Should we be categorizing? And I think this is the, the political conundrum. Uh, this could categorize the UK because they've decided to stand on their own. Uh, because there are questions about doing business there, because people are listing IPOs outside of their home countries like ARM, and there are others, because there are issues with trade, because again, Brexit was haphazardly done. Um, and we're seeing these decisions that seem irrational. And that's not me calling them irrational. That is every other uh, standing body who has rules, regulations, and guidelines and precedent to go by that are making decisions based on facts other than uh, um, that they have to back up with more than we think so. Right, and there right? were assumptions for that matter. So, so and, and, and the, the importance of this, if Microsoft closes over, why should Google or Amazon or, 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 or Apple listen to them in these hard things if they are viewed in this way? Is that question answered that the UK on its own should be powerful enough to stop a global deal that the rest of the world is okay with. Yeah, I mean, Everborn, again, you, you, you raise very important fundamental and overarching questions. Really talk, you're looking at the big picture, like the geopolitical situation and also the overall um, question of, is it worth it? I mean, one of, I, I once learned from somebody in America, from a, from a corporate executive, he said that, I think it was General Electric where he, where he was before, and he said they had, they had three questions that they always had to answer when they wanted to do something. Is it real? Can we win it? Is it worth it? Right. So if we ask ourselves these three questions here about this, first, is it real? I mean, it is real in the sense that, yeah, I mean, the UK, it's the fifth largest economy in the world. But like you said, they're not the EU. So maybe for the audience, we put this into perspective because, in fact, one other YouTuber, I don't want to name the person, but ask me even in, in, uh, in private chat what really like these like these proportions are between the EU and, and, and the UK and, and how they you know re relate. So let's maybe clarify this for the audience so that there's no misunderstanding. There are 38 countries so far where the regulators have approved the deal. 30 of those are member states of the European economic area. Wow. 27 of those 30 are EU member states, meaning they are like full members, they have voting rights, everything. There are three others, Iceland, Norway, Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein, a tiny nation, you know, next to Switzerland, um, that are member states of the European Economic Area. So the European Commission decides this for them as well, and they can file their observations, but they do not, they do not make EU law, let's put it this way. 
You've got in one of those 38 countries in South Africa, you've got that court hearing, which is a routine thing, not because of somebody objecting. It's a routine procedure, two steps. In Brazil, they also had two steps within the regulatory agency in that case. They were, they're probably just going to formalize it on the 21st of June, but technically, yeah, they have to make, they have yet to make that decision. So 37 or 38 countries. If the, the, the proportions are that those, if I say 38, because South Africa, 37 with or without South Africa doesn't really make a huge difference here. That's 2.4 billion inhabitants. That's a collective gross domestic product of $45 trillion compared to the UK's $3 trillion. Wow. And Brazil, for instance, is like half the size of the UK, 1.5, which also means, by the way, that, that you know some people think, well, the Brazilian clearance decision for the deal doesn't mean that much. Hey, I mean, it's, it's half the size of the UK economy. I would not really, and in fact, a much better decision. But anyways, um, they did not make any math errors or anything. Hey, now, Florian, I just want to add a little point to that about Brazil and people uh, waving it off. People say that... Um, and I know there's some questions about would it have to be company wide if they did a carve out or whatever, but they say that the UK is Xbox's second largest market. What they don't tell you is that in the US, it, it's 44% of their revenue. The UK, their second largest is something like 7.9%. And Brazil is above 7%, but not 7.9. So seven, like, Brazil for in terms of Xbox revenue and, and the UK are, 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 are clo very close to each other. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting and I'm not surprised. I, I, I just heard it for the first time from you, Everborn, but I'm not surprised in the slightest because I can see when I, when I started to, you know, become a little better known in your community, in that gamer community, um, I noticed that when I had a popular tweet, it sort of went, went viral. If Pastor Xbox from Brazil did the Portuguese version. And I read those Portuguese things because I'm fluent in Spanish. The last YouTube interview I gave, in fact, was with ecstasies in Spanish yes. last week. <laughs> and um, so I can read Portuguese because it's that similar. And I know some of, some of these common elements. I, I just saw, I mean, how, how incredibly popular is. He usually got about as much traffic as I did with my English language tweet a few months ago. Maybe by now I reach a few more people with English language tweets than back then, but that was the situation. So yes. Um, talking now about like what would the implications be for the UK and, and really we have to look at it you're absolutely right we have to look at this bi-directionally it's not just about what how could this harm Microsoft the question is also how could this harm the UK and the CMA it's I mean what is the potential situation here I mean the absolute worst case scenario for the CMA is being closed over and then defeated and really like, you know, completely slapped by the appeals court. It'd be a big humili humiliation uh, uh, on a worldwide stage, uh, Florian. Exactly. And then with them being the sole outlier, I mean, we've already discussed this, like in the US, the fact that the FTC is against the deal is even though it looks like it's the same as the CMA is doing, it is different because the FTC needs to convince a court and it has to act, it actually has the burden of proof. And the difference is that the CMA now made this decision, which is absolutely nuts. And that decision now, you have to appeal and you have to convince literally the court that it's irrational. You have to convince the court it's nuts. Um, and again, I think the decision is so bad that that's going to work out. And they have the best lawyers in the UK working on this, the, the Queen's 
lawyer, so, fact, so, representing so, activists. They're going to make it. But the problem is that the UK decision is currently holding things up. Now, if they closed over the, the UK, first, I mean, the CMA could find them and it could seek a court injunction. Now, what does this mean? Fining, currently they are at, a, at the stage where there's only a preliminary ruling, so it could go up to 5% of Microsoft's worldwide revenues. Those are 200 billion last year, so it would be up to $10 billion, but that is a theoretical maximum. The fine in the Meta case for not keeping the company separate initially was 53 million or something like that, or 50 million, that was the record. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fine. Um, and then you've got like the UK government, obviously not wanting to discourage foreign investment. They don't want a regulator to go crazy just for emotional reasons and impose draconian fines that make headline news around the globe and dissuade companies from, from investing there. Um, but I mean, the other thing is an injunction. Now let's think about what could they really technically prohibit? They cannot outlaw windows. They cannot declare the Xbox as a whole illegal. The, the most that I believe they could get a court to, to tell Microsoft to do would be to not offer ABK titles on xCloud. I mean, if they did not do that, the only concern that the CMA has in that final decision is wow. leveraging ABK's titles and their popularity to simply yeah, to, to leverage them to the benefit of the X Club. Now, if they don't do that, I'm not even sure there's anything that, that, you know, a court could really do. I mean, the court could say, theoretically, we order you to divest. That, by the way, is what's happening in that case I mentioned before, the two life sciences companies, where now the FTC says, you've got to divest. You've got to, like, sell it again. Okay. I don't really think that that's realistically going to happen. And if it happened, I mean, in the end, somebody would have to impose sanctions. So if we think it through, I believe that the, the rational thing really here is for, for them to work out a solution. They need an exit. And if they don't do that, then I also think that like that Macquarie Investment Bank, which is the largest one in Australia, one of the largest investment banks in the world, they've got 20,000 people worldwide, huge amounts of money under that they manage. In fact, the only dedicated business airport in the UK belongs to them. And they run airports, Sydney airport, basically, in yeah. Australia belongs to them. They own entire airports. So that bank says, Microsoft should just do that. It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth funding it. So, and they cannot do exactly what you said, Everboard. It would, they said it would be precedent setting for an acquisitive company like Microsoft, a company that, that routinely makes those acquisitions, although I think they're going to probably have to you know, be careful in the future because they now see how much blowback you get when you're, when you're a big tech company and making acquisitions these days. But um, they said it's worth it because it's precedent setting if they let a single country block. And you gave this example of, you know, for example, South Africa. And I think we don't want to, you know, we don't, you, you did the right thing overboard. I mean, it could be South Africa. It could be, it could be Switzerland. It could be Switzerland in the heart of Europe, which is not an EU or EU European Economic Area member state. They have a cooperation agreement with the EU, but they're independent. If Switzerland, they've got, a, they've got an antitrust authority there. And if that authority said no, then Microsoft would say, all right, I mean, then we're going to serve our Swiss customers for Windows and everything from outside of Switzerland. They're not going to outlaw the product. They're not going to order a custom seizure where they will confiscate the product when it gets shipped into the country. So um, that is exactly the way it is. 
And um, I think that the the advantage of of closing over and um, would be, I mean, first they would not have to extend the merger agreement with with ABK. Yep. And second, I think the stakes would be higher than for the CMA because the worst case scenario for them is that if they then also lose the appeal. And then the problem for the CMA, that's just the last point I wanted to make is, and I can see the post-ups here, so I'm going to wrap up so that we can properly welcome him. But um, the, the problem really for the CMA is that if they wanted to insist on their crazy ideas from that final decision, then that could actually deprive British customers of choice. It yep. could mean that people get something in another country. They can play certain games on the X They cannot do it in the UK. And I think they don't want to do that because it would make them look so bad. Everybody would see that what the CMA is doing here has nothing to do in the slightest, nothing whatsoever with actually defending consumer rights, defending consumers' interests. This is about protecting competitors, specifically Sony, and it is them trying to assert their authority and they overplayed their hand and the question is how they're going to back down so hi post up nice to meet you yeah hey post up i gotta get out of here because i gotta get on a flight so i'm gonna just uh say one thing it's not really a question i just want to put it and if you guys discuss it uh, uh uh great so there's a lot of uh hay being made about the um one of the cma uh council uh people one of the members we're, there, we're gonna get to that topic yeah, next as a matter of fact um, yeah. and and um his ties to the um, law firm Claire, clary gottley yeah yeah so so the thing is um i don't know because the cma obviously did not see that as a conflict of interest i don't see how but i i think they're not gonna microsoft won't be able to use that legally but i do think for setting a narrative of an irrational decision that is motivated and clearly based around the benefit of a competitor and now you have someone who worked for the the legal firm that was chosen by the competitor um and again the the reason why this interests me so much because i'm not even like a huge fan of activision um is if you say that the uk has this kind of power on a global scale they have they can overrule everyone else based on assumptions not facts yeah. assumptions for where they think the market is going to go so even though every other regulator looked at this and said uh and and this is you can easily look this up activision is not on board and not interested in entering cloud gaming on their own yeah. right um they've the cma has decided we don't believe you and the CMA has decided that it is it is a foregone conclusion that Activision would enter the cloud market, even though they have actively been against it. The mm. CMA has decided um, that cloud gaming will overtake all the rest of gaming within the next 10 years. Yeah. Right. They say that it's going to grow to a $200 billion market. And mm -hmm. every other regulator has said, no, it's not even its own market. So yeah. I bring all this up to say that can a regulator who no longer has the backing of the EU, who does not have a trade agreement with the US, who is standing on their own, make arbitrary decisions to block a deal that the whole world has said is okay. And to me, that 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 is giving them a, an unprecedented level of power because, again, they're saying they're not saying we can block it based on the facts. They're saying we can block it based on whatever we decide what is the future that that will be.
Yeah, there's and a, that just is one the dangerous thing, precedent. Warren, it's not going to take long. Um, you, you mentioned this trade agreement thing, and yes, the, the U.S. and the U.K. they have to, they still have to work something out because of the U.K. having left the EU. And mm. it's important. And I, I watched this. I, I've observed this in other areas of policy mm -hmm. making, like patent policy. Mm -hmm. And also with those platform rules, like digital platforms, you no know, app store rules. Um, at some point, despite the FTC in the US currently being opposed to the deal, at some point, US trade warriors, US trade officials, like the USTR, the US trade representative, who's the one doing that on the president's behalf, they will side with Microsoft if the UK goes trade. So if the UK started to actually try to impose a $5 billion fine on Microsoft or to force them to divest the company after a US court has cleared the deal, you can be sure that that would lead to enormous tensions between the US and mm. the We already saw them ask it with Japan. To the steel. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to be listening in the background. I got to run. I got to get ready to get on this flight. All right, brother. Uh, so, Thanks for joining us. So, oh, it was uh, a pleasure. Great. And, and uh, Florian, um, if we have a great show on Saturday, me and Kay Asante, yeah. whenever you're free on a Saturday, I'd love to do a deep dive on some of this stuff. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll DM you whenever you're available. It doesn't have to be now or, or soon, but whenever something happens, we'd, we'd love to discuss this. With you. Okay. Thanks a lot. Nice. Nice to meet you. Yes. yes thank likewise. you so much for being everyone. Post up. First of all, brother, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you feeling? Oh, man. Thanks for having me. My, I do want to apologize for my impromptness. I uh, got some things going on in the background, but I am glad I was able um, to make it. We got Foss Patton on the show. What's good, Foss? Finally, finally, we got him on the show. But yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, so much good stuff coming out in terms of this deal and this merge that's in Microsoft favor. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I want to, I want to move on to uh, a, a report. Uh, I, I sent obviously we, we the the originative report. It happens to be uh, of a Foss Patents, who happens to be a guest yeah. here, which is amazing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you if you're unaware, uh, it was reported uh, post this morning uh, by Jez Corden of Windows Central that a senior director for the CMA uh, was uh, a key factor to blocking the deal. What's interesting is this senior director uh, worked, uh, has, has ties to Sony, yeah. has ties to being, uh, 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 you know, against Microsoft. Uh, this is now, again, you know, the, the, the thought and theory of what this could potentially do for like the, against the CMA is it, it doesn't amount to much because they didn't see it as being a problem, which I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm a little bit shocked that as stout as they have been against this deal, they didn't see uh, this uh, this being an, uh, ultimately an issue. Yeah. Uh, and and this is where the the, the my, my theory of collusion or potential corruption or both come into play. Now, granted, I can't I can't specifically say look at this point it's collusion, but I can say that the world is currently watching this. Yeah. And. It's not looking good for the CMA because obviously we heard from numerous people that have said uh, apparently the UK is closed for business. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and everyone made a great point about how they are now standing alone. Um, and I just want to get you get get your get your uh, your hot take on this, because obviously this was discovered by Florian. Yeah. Uh, he went looking, he found it, and it turns out that there is some there there, there might be some 
uh, some concerns here regarding collusion, especially if the person that was um, uh, a major factor in blocking the deal has the interest of Sony Interactive Entertainment and not the UK customers. Yeah. Look, man, when I saw this, uh, this morning, I, I read it about like, <laughs> I was up to about like three or four this morning and I seen it and I, I, and I went to sleep. And then I, I got back up and I seen that it had it had spread it on um, across Twitter. Um, the rabbit hole continues to um to dig get deep. deeper. I, I yeah. know for a fact. I know for a fact, and I'm gonna say why, but I know for a fact that the conversations that Microsoft was having with the CMA was way different than the outcome that they chose. I've heard that as and, well. Right was way different and I know for a fact that it caught both Microsoft and Activision by surprise and Brad Smith was not posturing when he was doing those interviews he was actually mad because Microsoft and Activision felt as though from my, as though they was led astray based mm-hmm. on the conversations that was being taken place prior to this decision being made like look I thought we was on good time. I thought everything was cool. You go dark for two weeks. You meet with um, you in the States with Lena Khan uh, a, a week and a half prior to making this decision. You go dark on us and, and then this is the outcome. So I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past them. And if I'm if I'm Jim Ryan and I'm from the UK, I know this about him. I know this about this 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 institution we call CMA, and I'm going to pick that law firm firm based off that, yeah. right? I'm going to pick that law firm based off that, and now everything is everything is is coming out, and and the rabbit hole is getting deeper and deeper. I do think it was some uh, uh, collusion. Um, I do think it was all it was best for the Congress to ask. To put Lena Khan in that position to where they look, what's going on? Are you using a foreign country to do the bidding of the United States? And I do think it was good for Parliament to ask Sarah uh, the same thing because I even think the UK government was even surprised <laughs> with the decision for for that decision to happen. Then the next day you go to Parliament and then they actually grilling you about the same thing that the United States just grilled Lena Khan. I think both sides were surprised, especially from the UK. Like, and, and, and the main question the guy was asking was, look, do you take into account our, our international appeal and our economy and, and, and things like that when y'all making these decisions? Like, what is going on? What are you doing? You you see, we just broke away from the EU. We're trying to establish ourselves on our own. We need all the business that we could get right now. And you're deterring one of the biggest tech, technology companies in the world that's deep, that has a, 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 a hold in terms of our economy, in terms of our security infrastructure, and you're trying to deter. Do y'all actually think about this before y'all made this decision? So yeah, I, I when I seen it, I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? I had to, you know, I had to send some things around. I had to get some fillers. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, I, this should be investigated. And shout out to uh, False Patent for making this aware because you know it just brings some going on. Some ain't right. 
because based on the information that the um that the CMA used to make their decision, yeah, it's, something ain't right. It's stupid. It, it's it's, right. it's definitely questionable, and I think ultimately what it does is it does make the UK look extremely bad. Again, this is this is this would be on the level of something I don't think it's ever been seen where a, a collusion, corruption, or both were part of a major decision. Yeah. Uh, and obviously there, there, there are evidence or crumbs, if you will, to follow that involve two countries, uh, one of which Lena Khan, who, yeah. ha- who is on the ropes right now with her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have to be honest with you. She continues to lose cases. Yep. She was quoted in saying, I don't care about losing i'll just block block which yep. ultimately is wasting millions upon millions of taxpayer dollars in an era financially for many countries specifically the u.s where they haven't called it a recession but we are currently in a recession yeah um, yep. and uh now we have ties we have a meeting between the head of the CMA, the head of the FTC, and we have an auspicious block, which re- again we've 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 all come to understand really took uh, Microsoft and specifically Activision by surprise because that's not what was originally discussed. Yeah, Florian, I I, I want you to kind of take the time if you don't mind to discuss how you came to this and how that yeah uh, this that, this was incredible. This was a yeah. this, was, yeah. this was a this was an a, a, an epic. Uh, uh, potential path changing find. Uh, now that now the 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 the, the media is starting to grab a hold of this, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see maybe a story in CNBC Squawk Box or something regarding this, Florian. Well, um, I don't want to you know make any prediction like that, but let me explain. Yeah, so so boom, you're you're right, and and post up that. I mean, this is like it's true. Truth is stranger than fiction. Kind yep. of situation. This is like <laughs> in the movie. You would you would just say like you know like like the 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 script is kind of like like too bizarre. Um, but um, at the same time, I obviously and I mean I've I've seen a lot of things over the years um, following these kinds of processes. So I don't want to subscribe to particular c words like you know collusion, corruption, but. Um, but let me let me first answer. I was actually going to say tell exactly the story. I'm going to tell it now for the first time how I found out about this today. It was total coincidence. It was actually a chain of coincidences. So I I wrote on Twitter, and that I think was my most popular tweet today, at least until before we started the show, um, where I quoted extensively from the EU antitrust chief's speech. And well, which was so great. And then also I added like that this first reply that at the end of the speech, she said, protecting competition and protecting innovation, etc. That is our call of duty. Thank you. And I shared that with a reporter via signal. So I have some business contacts there, um, people and, the, and he's one of the, you know, one of the people covering the case. So I'm not going to say which agency, but a major one. I'm not going to say the name of the person. Okay. So That's fair. I, I shared that with him and he then told me after a couple of hours, he's not constantly online on Signal. He then told me to keep an eye on today's CMA event. 
I said, is that going to be live streamed? No, no, it's not. So the organizer is called Concurrence. That's a French name, but they also are, you know, very popular in the U.S. antitrust community, international um, um, organization that runs, that hosts conferences and publishes articles about antitrust, totally antitrust focused. I know the founder, in fact, I met him about a year ago in Paris. And um, so um, they, they did that event and I looked at, the speakers. So there was the CMA guy, Senior Director Mergers, um, Colin Rafferty. Uh, I thought, okay, they have a bio. There's actually also a concurrence bio for me. You can also find me on that same website as that guy. And I clicked on the bio link and it mentioned Cleary Gottlieb. Now, let me say something for the audience. Let's give everybody the whole picture of what just Cleary Gottlieb means in this context. So Cleary Gottlieb has been adverse to Microsoft for at least 20 years. And over those last 20 years, there has probably not been a single day on which they were not on at least one case somewhere in the world fighting Microsoft, usually several in parallel. They are an anti-Microsoft law firm. They are a great law firm. I mean, in terms of the quality of the people there, you know, high standard. Um, it's not that I don't respect them for what they do, but let's face it. I mean, that's like um, about as anti-Microsoft, you know, as it gets. They were they represented IBM in that old EU antitrust case that people now dig up again and talk about like, you know, Microsoft having that terrible antitrust history where they got fined over a billion dollars, something. I mean, that was the media player because they integrated it with Windows. Nobody nowadays would even talk about that anymore that you integrate a tool like that with your with your platform. Um, And Windows is an open system. Look at those walled gardens like iOS, Android. It was nothing basically. The other store, other part of the EU case was a little more interesting, the network protocols, and it was resolved amicably. Microsoft did not exhaust all appeals. They were very cooperative. They worked it out. Brad Smith, in fact, at the time, worked it out with the EU. So that they represent IBM back then. They've represented Google in all of their EU antitrust cases where the European Commission was investigating Google. Google is not as vocal as Sony, but they are just as much opposed to the deal as Sony. And the Google history, and that would you know, take too long, but, but I mean, the short version is they paid $360 million to Activision Blizzard to keep them on the Google Play Store on Android, as opposed to maybe teaming up with an Epic or, or creating their own store. They know that Microsoft wants to create this universal app store. And that is one of those things which are so insane about the CMA, the very same day that they announced their blocking decision, the very same day they published a statement on their webpage talking about how they're going to open up app stores in the UK. They didn't say app stores, but they mentioned that particular piece of legislation and the ABK block. And in the ABK decision, they say you cannot do that app store thing anyways, because Apple and Google won't allow you to do it. Totally ridiculous. I called it schizophrenic in in, in a headline. (laughs) I made it clear that I'm not saying the person is schizophrenic, but the the statement is schizophrenic, you know, the the abstract text. Um, So that is where Google's interests are. And Google participated in the EU Commission hearing. So Google is a big time, clearly client, even if not specifically on ABK, where their client is Sony. Worldwide, wherever you can find some public filings in that US case, the so-called gamers lawsuit, you can find filings on the FTC's website, filings on the CMA's website with a Cleary Gottlieb logo, 
um, at the top of, of each page. So that firm is opposing the deal. They are doing this worldwide for Sony. And Google is against the deal and is another major client of theirs. And prior to Google, you know, being large enough to be an interesting client for that firm, they already represented others like IBM against Microsoft. That CMA official was, he started his career at that firm in 2006, spent seven years there until 2013. And that is now something, and I'm not taking a position here on whether or not um, that is an issue. I'm sure it is not an issue under the CMA's rules because as um, as Jess Corden also highlighted in an update when somebody on Twitter pointed out that in fact somebody formally complained over that same person's involvement in a department store chain or some kind of retail merger. And he actually had a history working for the largest UK retailer as a lawyer, Tesco, and was then actually behind a blocking decision involving competitors of that former client of his. But it's- This is crazy. (laughs) You can find that and yeah, just just read Jez's article. I think Jez has done a great job compiling all of this. He called me a patent lawyer, which is not 100% accurate, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm not called false patents for no reason. So obviously (laughs) patents are a field of specialization of mine, not the only one though. And now here's the thing. 2013, he left that firm. He then spent a few years at another firm named Freshfields, which is a big European firm. Clearly, is a US firm with offices all over the world. Freshfields is very much a European thing out of the UK. Freshfields, I've actually seen Freshfields working for Microsoft on some patent cases about 10, 11, 12 years ago, defending Microsoft against Motorola. But in the antitrust space, they are particularly close to Apple. Apple is not a formal or unofficial complainant over the deal, but certainly not a favor. But anyway, so he spent a few years there, then joined the CMA. First, the CMA's rules, if he was even allowed to be involved with that department store, whatever, ever retail kind of case, um, then probably the CMA's rules are not a problem. Maybe there's a cooling off period that's only one year, two years, three years or so. And if he left that Cleary firm in 2013, then probably the rules themselves, in and of themselves, do not did not actually preclude him from getting involved. Now, getting back to this reporter who told me about this, pointed me to the event. I then got back to the reporter and said, wow, I've just seen this. And then the reporter used a shocked emoji in the chat with me on Signal when I pointed him to this connection. And then the reporter said literally, I mean, literally he wrote, I'm just going to read it from my phone again, again, without disclosing the source. He's the guy that basically made the decision for the CMA. That's what this reporter from one of the world's most famous and largest and most reputable and reliable news agencies says he's the guy that basically made the decision for the CMA. Now, if you ask the CMA, they're going to say we have our independent inquiry group. By the way, none of them has any tech industry expertise, much less games industry expertise. Okay, they're going to say maybe formally another. They've got two senior directors maybe there or something was involved. But this is what apparently the, these expert reporters on the case know he was the one who was, you know, so key to this. He was, you know, so important. He was really so like instrumental uh, in, in this process. Um, so I believe the question um, here is, 
And I'm really just asking a question. It's not a rhetorical question, but is it possible that in those years, 2006 through 2013, he had any interaction with Sony, which probably was already a clear client back in the day? Maybe with Jim Ryan, maybe with somebody, you know, one of Jim Ryan's subordinates, maybe with Jim Ryan's boss at the time. What about the lawyers lobbying the CMA for Cleary, on Cleary's behalf, against the deal, opposing the deal, are there any people he actually already knew from the times before? People he, you know, might have gone out like they do in the UK, you know, where they go to pubs after work and have a drink or something like that. Are there connections like that? I'm just saying, I don't know, but that is actually where, I mean, it would be interesting. I, I wish I knew the answer to all of that. What I would say is absolutely, I think, post-up, you've, you've basically, I, I would agree philosophically that it's, it's really unhelpful from the UK's perspective as a country, from the CMA's perspective institutionally, for this to come out. It was a total coincidence. It was really like the reporter sending me the links to Concourse, me clicking on that bio on the Concourse website, but it didn't say exactly when and, and what role and in what cities he was working for. He, he worked for Cleary. So I then went to LinkedIn and then I posted that stuff to Twitter. And I didn't do this because I wanted to make it a scandal. I posted this because I was going to inform people of this event where they also had an economist firm, RBB, that works for Google and Sony. They list both wow. on their website as clients, probably also on the ABK deal. We know that Sony and Google have used economists to come up with those crazy theories that without Call of Duty, the sky is going to fall on Sony. And um, so they were also at that event. And that is not the CMA's fault, but I mean, it means that the event is a little bit lopsided and it was sponsored. This webinar today, um, uh, not webinar, yeah, not webinar, did this in-person conference in London on mergers, merger remedies post-Brexit. Exactly the issue here, right? Merger remedies, what's reasonable, what's not. So they had the CMA guy with his Cleary background. They had the economist from RBB, the Sony Google economist, basically. And they had the Baker Botts law firm, again, a good law firm, sponsoring the event. Baker Botts actually represents Google. Google is one of their, it's, it's probably their largest client. So this is this um, is unbelievable, Florian. I, I, I am so intrigued. And I know that you won't commit this to this. This is crazy. I, I know you're not going to commit to this because, you know, obviously. Your 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 significance in the industry is a hell of a lot bigger than mine will ever be, but every time you continue to give this information, the two C's meaning collusion and corruption just keep punching me in the back of my head, saying, "How is it that I'm the only one seeing this?" Like I I, I mean again, I come from a law enforcement background. Everyone knows that I'm a retired New York City police officer turned podcaster. I did community affairs and youth officer work, which is why I use my knowledge to entrench myself in this amazing community. But I, I, I cannot escape the fact that I'm hearing all of this and I'm seeing this, this, this uh, mirror stack deck against ABK in a way that if you were to make a novel out of this, this could be a best-selling spy novel. Like, it, it, it is unbelievable. I mean, uh, anything you'd like to add to that post-up? Because what Florian has, has found through his investigation, and he said it, he didn't do this because he wanted to be a rebel rouser or cause trouble. He wanted people to know the truth. I think that this is 
This is incredible. You muted post. Look, man, I'm look, I'm just sitting up here taking it, taking it all in because when I like I said, when I first seen it this morning, I was like, huh? And and to me, like when you work for a law firm, especially if it's it's, it's if it's a law firm that broke your career, um, you will always have ties to that to the, to that law firm, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's five, seven, or, or, or ten years later. Um, I, I just think based on the premise of what the CMA is trying to block this deal on, the messed up math that they're trying to use to create a a weak argument. Um, it has to be some. It has to be something there. It has to be, um, and I really want to speak on um, what you said earlier. What Fall said earlier about Vessager and the the speech she made um, today, because she literally is pu- putting UK in a corner, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's that literally putting like. the U. She's literally putting the UK in a corner, and they're taking advantage of 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 a situation right now, being that the UK is no longer a, a part of them. The UK is is painting themselves in the light in terms of mergers as being hard and difficult for companies to work with, and we got to understand that the world stage is watching, right? Yes, this deal is on the world stage, big tech, small tech, and and I think um, Foss um, Patton has uh, spoke about this on Twitter. It's not only big mergers that's being blocked; it's small mergers too, ones that wouldn't even be in a news cycle that's being blocked as well. So the UK is putting themselves in a corner, and like you said, they're closed for business. And the EU is saying, "Okay, okay, we're open for business. Uh, we're cutting the red tape." Look, look what she said in the speech: um, "We're cutting the red tape." We're making it um, easier for um, companies um, um, to a- apply in terms of their merger. We're cutting away f- applying for mergers in, in paper form. We're going to make it in- easier to for you to do in digital. We're cutting away some of the processes um, that we had in place to make it easier uh, for companies to come in and, and, and try to get approved. So while the, the while the, the UK and the CM- CMA trying to be up, okay, we're finna, we're going against big tech. We're doing all this. The EU up us say, oh no, uh, y'all come over here. We understand. We are gonna make it easier for you. Bring your business over here. We're gonna make we're gonna change up the process. We're gonna make the process easier. Easier. We're gonna cut the red tape. Um, you no longer have to uh, apply in paper form. You can do it digital now. The processes that we have in, had in place that you had to follow. We're cutting some of that out. So we're going to make it easier for you. And and, and I think it's painting um, the UK in, in the corner, especially in light of all the other countries, China, approved, no conditions, Japan, n- no conditions. Um, I think South Korea is supposed to come at the end of this month. You still got Turkey, um, New Zealand. You still got uh, uh, Australia, which I would say early part of next month or, or, or the middle part of next month. We should he- be hearing something from them. If all of these countries are saying yes, and you're the only one out there that's saying no, because you're trying to puff your chest out and say, look, <laughs> we, we, we got to hold on this. We're going to be... We're going to be against big tech. We're going to be the one that, nah, nah, it's, it's, it's not a good look. 
it's not a good look at all. And it's, and it's just painting themselves in the corner. And I think that that speech that Vestager did today capitalized on this on this situation and made yes. the 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 UK and the CMA look pretty stupid in terms of the, the decision that they made, but it was also a grass at big tech saying, look, if they hard over there, y'all can't, y'all have you issues over there. Over here. You could come yeah. over here to the EU. <laughs> you know, Florian and post uh, everborn saga uh, asked me to ask this particular question. He says uh, it was more of a statement. He says another interesting decision by the CMA uh, right after, of course, the ABK block, is that they conveniently forgot to file their documents in a timely manner in relation to the Apple case that would open up the App Store to streaming apps like xCloud. And it's, again, it's 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 funny, uh, and, and I want to add some more context to that, Florian, and Post, that um, soon after Amazon Luna for the first time launched into the UK and had instant access to 18 million cloud users because of course Luna is a part of prime gaming uh, of your prime membership. So instant access to 18 million uh, 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 prime subscribers gives them 18 million cloud users. Mm -hmm. And when you compare that to what Microsoft has, it's again. It's one of those very questionable thoughts, Florian. I, I don't know how much longer we have you here, but I do want to pose a question that continues to rage on social media and on Twitter. And I want to get the de facto opinion because I don't know myself. Uh, the CMA, we know that they're an independent body. We know that they have officially blocked the deal. We know that yesterday. Uh, 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 Activision and Microsoft have filed their appeal with the cat. Can anyone, including the cat, get involved to the point where they could bypass the CMA's decision and say, you got it wrong and we're not sending it back to you? Because that's the thing. I, I think we keep hearing from different people who are attorneys that says there's no way that the cat can do anything or the fact that it's just going to automatically go back to the CMA for them to block it again. Can someone outside of the CMA get involved and actually say, you got it wrong. We're not sending it back and we are approving the deal. Yeah. So uh, first um, boom, in terms of my time, my battery power on the laptop is now at like 17%, but I can simply, I can simply walk downstairs, get some power cord and connect it. So that's, uh, we can, I'm, I'm flexible as long as we have interesting things that, and you also see that the audience is not like, you know, leaving us in spades, then we, then let's, uh, let's make it work. I might just be gone then for a couple of minutes that you can. Okay. That's fine. While I, I get my, Power cable, but um, now first, I think there are two. Let me mention just that the Apple thing is something that on my FOSS patents blog I covered the original appeal by this by Apple against the CMA. And I wrote about it at the time, which was earlier this year. Um, I think they didn't do that intentionally. What happened with there was this: the CMA was more optimistic about that new digital markets kind of bill. The EU already has its digital markets act in place; they're now implementing it. The UK still has to legislate, but they, they're working on this. In fact, Sarah Cardell, the CMA CEO, personally created that bill together with some, with I think her predecessor in office, and. 
they were more hopeful about being able to go after Apple about cloud streaming and mobile browsers. The issue being that every browser on iOS is basically Safari in disguise. They all have to use Apple's engine. So that means there's no way that you can really like optimize your browser for streaming purposes because you have to use Apple's. So I think the CMA had good intentions there. They probably were a little too optimistic about that new legislation kicking in. And that's how they missed some deadlines and the cat overruled them on procedural grounds. And when I saw Apple's appeal, I said that that appeal looked very reasonable to me. That's what I said on my blog, even though I'm generally not a big Apple supporter when it comes to these app store and iOS monopoly issues, not at all. Okay, for example, I support Epic Games. Tim Sweeney of Epic Games, by the way, is also connected with me on Twitter and has sometimes liked my tweets, but not when it comes about, when it's about Activision because I think he wants to stay above the fray and Sony is also 1% shareholder of Epic. But talking now about this other specific issue, um, the, some of these lawyers, in my view, the question in, in, on some of these legal issues is first, I mean, if you have precedent, then the answer is easy. You can say it's been done. Do I have precedent to point to that the CAT has previously overruled the CMA on a merger and didn't send it back? No, I don't. But there's also been only a very few cases. The CMA is relatively young and they only block, they say five mergers a year. Most mergers get abandoned. It's not like there's that many appeals, right? And um, now the question is, what is a reasonable position to take? I would say that the position that some of them have taken, Luke Steele, who was on some other YouTube show by, you know, a guy who's a little bit obnoxious and difficult to deal with. But okay, so Luke is, is a lawyer from the UK, an M&A lawyer. And I think it's not unreasonable. And also Ecstasis, who's uh, um, a, a Spanish uh, uh, YouTuber and also a lawyer by profession. I think it's reasonable to say that their interpretation is that um, the cat, um, that, that if, if they want to say that they believe the cat has to send it back, that a remand is, is necessary, okay. I'm not saying it's an unreasonable position to take, but what I do believe is also reasonable to take is my position, which is that the statute is not 100% clear. It talks about what the cat may do. And I understand that the cat has actually interpreted the word may when it comes to the statute governing its work, the Enterprise Act, as not limiting. At the end of the day, if the cat says they believe that they have the authority, the power to decide this, definitively and not send it back, then the CMA would have to appeal it to the next higher court, possibly up to the UK Supreme Court. So what I'm saying is it could go either way, but it's also true that it is in the end potentially an academic question. Yes, there is this concern. Could the CMA basically create an endless loop where they would block again and again, it would go back to the cat, be remanded to them, they block again, and you would never get out of that loop. Don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry. Because the statute, the Enterprise Act, says specifically that when the CAT sends it back, the original decision maker, in this case the CMA, has to make a new decision in accordance with the CAT's decision. They have to comply. They have to abide by it. Which is why I think in this case, and we are going to see in a matter of days or maybe next week and hopefully not much later than that, but we are going to see the CAT summary of those two appeals. 
they are going to raise a host of issues. And I could see some issues where if the CAD resolves one of them, that, you know, is dispositive, meaning it disposes of the case. It takes care of the matter. They say the remedy should never have been rejected. The remedy is, was reasonable. It was unreasonable to reject it. It's game over for the CMA because Microsoft has no problem with the remedy. It's already in place in the EU anyways, for, uh, with the EU for the whole world. So gotcha. the other thing is if the, if the CAD says, guys, this, I mean, the 70% market share is total bullshit. Well, then they could send it back and the CMA, you know, could say, well, it's not 70%, it's only 30 or 40, whatever. We still think there's an issue. They already kept the door open to that in the decision where they say the market share is not that important in the end, which is, by the way, crazy. I mean, I've never seriously um, seen in the US that the FTC or the DOJ or the courts Ruling on those cases would say market share doesn't matter. Market share doesn't matter, in my view, is an absurd position. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's preposterous at best. Absolutely. I mean, and and you see, I mean, if we talk about the CMA's approach, and after this, I'm going to go downstairs and get my cable here. But the, the crazy thing is this. I mean, the the CMA, what they should do is they should take the evidence. They should investigate get the evidence. It's also okay to have some reasonable coordination, especially if the parties are informed, involved, and, and in favor of it. And Uh-oh. We might have lost him. Is it? Yeah, yeah. The way he went out, we 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 yeah, might have so, lost him. So, so he's going to get his power cord, folks. This is mm. normally a seventy-minute show. Obviously, yeah. we do have Florian because he's like, hey, listen. As long as the audience doesn't it's go anywhere. Uh, yeah. We're here to talk, obviously. Let's uh, talk we, about it. <laughs> let, uh, uh, Post, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. Let, yes, sir. I, wanna, I want you to continue your conversation on this because the more that is revealed, and, and ultimately, I don't necessarily think that the FTC and the uh, CMA were looking too far down the road as, as if this deal was going to be abandoned and maybe not get the support because yeah. it, there, is, there is some suggestion around the community that the EU was at, at one point uh, thinking of of um, doing the same, and there's some suggestion that they went and they said, "Okay, we're going to fix you, uh, Brexit UK," and they approved the deal, really hanging the UK out on their own. Like it is, yeah. it is obvious that UK is standing on this square all by themselves, and it's uh, it's 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 again. The more that we hear about this, and I and I think ultimately, yes, we we've come to an understanding, thanks to Florian, that at this stage with the CMA, the collusion aspect of having this lawyer who has ties to Sony mm. uh, and Google, who are of course the ones that are opposing this deal the most, may not may may not make a difference. But I think ultimately, it may I I would disagree because if you are the UK government. Who have who have already grilled the CMA for not looking that far down the road, mm -hmm. and now we're hearing the potential of co collusion and corruption. It's it's pretty unbelievable that we're here. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely. I always, despite you know, we despite the echo chamber that is that is Twitter. Um, I always been of the notion, along with you, myself, false patent, and others that. Um, this deal was gonna uh, go through, regardless of the CMA's um, decision, and everything else after that decision has has fell in place, right? 
we said that um, the merger agreement stated four major bodies. That was China, UK, the United States, and the European Commission. The European Commission came down and said, look, we're going to accept these remedies. The deal can go through. We already knew that the chi China was going to follow the, the, um, the EU because from a political standpoint, they're trying to bridge the gap between in the United States and yes. Europe. So yes. soon as the EU decision come down, China follows right behind Four days it. later, as a matter yep. of fact. Right, yep. exactly. So you got two of the major four bodies. You're not concerned about the United States because you know the FTC doesn't have a case there, especially with the, the undercover um um, preliminary injunction case that that Sony low key <laughs> false <laughs> false patent always say you know that 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 Sony low key was was entertaining. Um, well, they supported was, was it. Pretty a, much, yeah, they supported fact. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. or pretty much was was dismissed, or is going to get dismissed, um, or thrown out, or thrown out, and and at this point, and they based some of their. Um, their statements in terms of opposing a deal on the same guidelines that the FTC uh, was was trying to push. So we're not worried about that because we can close over the FTC because we know they don't approve deals, right? So who's out there left? It's the UK, and it will be UK against the world. And you already what got thirty seven different countries. You got South Africa, which is going to approve it on the twenty first. That's thirty eight, and and if everybody else fall in line. How would that look that despite every other, all the countries in the world that agree to this, the UK is out there on the hill saying it's a bit, how, how would that argument hold up against your, against the tribunal in terms of the situation you in? And then the EU itself, the guidelines in which they said, look, uh, and even Vestager said today, look, we don't always have to uh, deal with divestors. If the, the divestors is something that we see will benefit a merger, then we, we will pursue it. But if remedies can solve a situation in terms of a merger, then we will pursue that. And in this case with the Microsoft Activision deal, we believe that remedies will um, prevail in this case, even though we had some of the same issues as the CMA. So if I'm going back to the tribunal, along with with on top of the bad math that they use, first yeah. they tried to pull it in the console space. You didn't uh, succeed there. You was made to look stupid. Then you had to run it back. You had to run it back. And now you say, okay, we couldn't beat them there. We're going to try to get them. It sounds like it's an agenda, like they're intentionally trying to do what Lena Khan did in the, in the U.S. when they went with Sony creating that high-end market and started making up stuff to, to fit their agenda so the deal won't go through. So, look, man, I still think this thing goes through because from a political standpoint and an economical standpoint that this is going to have on, on the U.K., while the EU is saying, look, if y'all can't get it over there, y'all can come over here, we're more... We're more easy to work with now, and we're going to make it more easier for you to do business in the, in, in, the, in the EU at a time where the UK economy is not really looking good, at a time where big businesses are leaving. Arm, you had 448 businesses leave in, two, in 2021. Um, people leaving your stock exchange and things like that. 
yeah, this some they're gonna have to do some, or they're gonna be and and then you go into the carve out, um, which I was pretty much against, and that was probably due to lack of understanding uh, on the whole situation on how it how it works. But false um, explained it um, pretty good, but but now now I see. And, and a lot of analysts and things like that from 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 big companies and organizations around the world saying, "Look, <laughs> they don't have to take this. Look, just make a company in there, work as um, put it as things is already is. Leave your games off. Uh, leave Call of Duty off Game Pass. Leave them off cloud. Yes, and then just operate. How you gonna work in in other parts of the world? But how would that?" How would that? How are the UK economy and customers that the CMA is supposed to be protecting actually feel about that? You're putting your customers in a position where they're losing out financially on benefits that can help them save money. Yeah, I, I agree, Florian. Uh, first of all, brother, we we knew we lost you because of the power situation. Welcome exactly. back. Exactly. I'm, I'm glad I warned you. Let me very quickly. I mean, just to make sure that we that you know everybody is uh, understands this. Explain a couple of things about that private lawsuit in San Francisco because. Uh, otherwise, people might think, oh, they, actually that case is stronger than we thought because I don't think it's going to be thrown out again in its entirety. You don't. Um, the, so the okay. story is this, that law firm, and it is really a big time failure. It's a mega fail by most of the media that they, when they report on this, they take those guys seriously. They take what those lawyers say at face value. I've published it on Twitter several times, as both of you may have seen, that screenshot from one of those court filings, the long list of cases that those lawyers have lost. Merger cases. They have not won a single merger case. They've lost a long list against airline mergers, against any kind of merger. A long list. They always bring those cases. And what is their business model? They are class action lawyers. Now, class actions are not generally a bad thing because you may have situations where a single consumer would, or a single small business would not find it economically viable and justifiable or even feasible to sue a large corporation. And then a class action can come in handy because you basically bundle all of your claims and pursue them. And then everybody who's got that issue can do it. So at some point I got, I mean, everybody at some point who's ever done anything in the US at some point will be notified of something. I mean, I, I rented a car at San Diego airport four years ago and then two years later or so, I got a postcard that I was actually entitled to a refund because they had lost the class action over a local tax. Okay, and, and, and that is, but the, the thing is those law firms are primarily after their fees. So they want a situation where they can negotiate a settlement. And if they negotiate a settlement and if the other party either is under pressure to settle because it's getting, it's getting risky or it may simply settle for economic reasons. Because if a company like Microsoft defends itself or an Apple or a Google, the cost of a proper defense is so high that it may be cheaper to just pay a few million to those class action lawyers to get rid of the crap. So that's what those guys are about. So they filed their lawsuit. It was a copycat action from the FTC in December, like one or two days after the FTC's lawsuit, which was, however, almost a year after the merger had been announced, which shows that they had basically been waiting for this. They had obviously looked for some people whom they knew, in mostly in California, I think, who they could, yeah. who could act as plaintiffs. 
And 10 people, 10 plaintiffs, now when they had to file sworn declarations to really convince the court that this is real, only six of the 10 filed a declaration. In the end, only two of them were able to really say that they would, with definitive certainty, buy the next version of Call of Duty. Okay, but they've got at least two out of those 10. Um, the judge threw the first thing out because they had really no facts. It was just, you know, just, you know, no substance, devoid of substance. Um, because she threw that out, she didn't have to rule on the motion for a preliminary injunction. If you don't have a complaint, you can't get an injunction. Right. And what they did is they refiled. The judge allowed it. She said, okay, if you fix these issues, if you suddenly come up with facts, then maybe, maybe that would be a lawsuit that we can take to trial. Then she looked at this and said, okay, probably not going to be able to just throw it out. So we're going to have to rule on the preliminary injunction motion. She just denied that motion about a week ago. She just said, okay, you do not have immediate irreparable harm. The day after the merger closes, you're still going to be playing the Call of Duty that you had before. And those lawyers were not in a position to tell her, well, six months later, something bad's going to happen. They really were just talking about like further down the road, maybe something bad could happen and affect them. And I listened to that whole hearing. I, I, I tuned in, I, I dialed in via Zoom to really uh, uh, listen to that whole hearing. It was kind of interesting. And I live tweeted about it. I live tweeted was like a 37 tweet thread. So my prediction is that she will either allow the lawsuit as a whole now to go forward, or she will throw out maybe one of the, the theories, I think especially there was a horizontal theory there about like consolidation in the games business. I think that one she, she may throw out, but by and large, the case is going to go forward. My prediction is, however, that um, they're going to have a big problem at the so-called summary judgment stage. So summary judgment is before you go to trial, before you have a jury, you know, 10 people sitting there listening to you, you get to file your summary judgment motions. I think there's a pretty good chance of Microsoft getting that case destroyed in, in, in either in its entirety or large parts of it at the summary judgment stage, but we may be another year away from that. I just wanted to explain that so that people listening to us will understand, don't get nervous if that lawsuit stays around, they're going to keep trolling around. They are now trolling Microsoft, trying to, to force Microsoft to make all sorts of information public, like Microsoft's internal calculation as to how much value the ABK purchase has to them above the 70, roughly $70 billion purchase price. And they're, they're just trolling Microsoft, hoping that Microsoft at some point is going to, to say, okay, these guys are so much of a pain in the ass, we're just going to offer them some money to go away. And, but now what is Sony's role? That's exactly what it is. They're trying to get a payday. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. I mean, they are trolls. They, they, you just have to, you know, have to just be absolutely um, annoying. You have to be a nuisance and you have to make it expensive for Microsoft to defend themselves. So that's... Now, what is Sony's role? I'm quite sure that Sony had no hand in that when they started in December, because it really looked like just opportunistically, um, basically copycatting the, the FTC. But when they filed that amended complaint, it was a different font size. It was a totally different style. They even numbered their different prayers for relief differently. They changed terminology. So previously they said merger, then they said acquisition. It was like written by a whole different person from the original complaint. And then that complaint incorporated charts, which were sealed. So we as the general public can see them, at least not for now, that were provided by Sony. That was actually 
clearly proven because they filed a stealing motion where they justify redacting certain things out, where they explained who had provided what. So Sony had given them charts. Sony had given them. I also tweeted about that a couple of weeks ago. Sony had given them a, an internal email where Jim Ryan, Jim Ryan was talking about Microsoft not being trustworthy and not honoring its contracts or something like that, that he was accusing Microsoft of. And they quoted that. They redacted that one too. But wow. again, based on what is publicly available, I've been able to find out that this was Jim Ryan because they have a ceiling motion that says president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment talking about a competitor's trustworthiness and, and what wow. and intent and whatever. So Sony provided them with that material. It was not that they had a legal duty to do that. There was no obligation. They went beyond the so-called call of duty. They did this voluntarily at a time where the judge would not have required them to do it. And I cannot take credit for being the first one to actually discuss that the initial, the, the initial Sony kind of like uh, indicia there on, on Twitter, because there was in fact um, Stephen Totilo of Axios. Axios. Yeah. Um, I had seen that as well, but I was a little bit cautious. I mean, just like I was a little more cautious a half hour ago about that uh, senior director of the CMA. <laughs> and saying no, no C word. Um, I didn't want to like, you know, come up with a conspiracy theory. I said, let's first see what Sony gave them because Microsoft raised the issue in a filing. Sony had given them material and they did not even tell Microsoft what they gave those guys. So it was clearly collusion. That was collusion. Here, I'm going to use on the record the C word collusion, collusion between Sony and those lawyers. And then I see a complaint that looks was way better, you know, way smarter. It was still crap in terms of the substance, but it was simply, you know, packaged more intelligently, way more intelligently than what those guys had done before. So I strongly suspect that they had ghostwriters. And that is not illegal, by the way. I mean, there are situations where this has been raised in US courts, but in this kind of situation, there would be nothing illegal. So it's possible that secretly, even some of Sony's outside counsel, maybe Cleary Gottlieb, maybe another firm, actually has also, you know, been hired, has been appointed to help those guys. Um, wow. Anyways, just wanted to clarify that so that the audience doesn't misunderstand it and that nobody will be surprised if we hear that the judge denies Microsoft's motion to, to dismiss or denies it in large part. That means nothing. The really next interesting milestone is going to be the summary judgment stage, which will be between now and trial. Okay. okay, just to um, clarify um, that about the private. I, 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 I appreciate the. I mean, again, this is I'm learning as, as everybody in the chat here. Listen, Florian and and Post, before we get out of here, because we're, we're rolling into two hours, uh, I do want you to finish your point about can someone outside of the CMA pass the deal if it's found to be that the CMA got the numbers wrong or that there that might be you know that that their opinions of uh, of, of a potential uh, market can be counteracted by someone in cat who is going to look at this at, at over, oversee this appeal and look at the facts that they got wrong. Can cat just basically outright or, or approve the deal? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, they could resolve the case in a way that if they make a decision where some part is totally dispositive, like saying the remedy that Microsoft offered should not have been rejected. 
then it's okay. then that's the end of the story because Microsoft's not going to have a problem with that. Again, the remedy is already in place worldwide, anyways, by virtue of that EU deal. And there could be would be other ways. Let me just very generally explain about the CAD that. The standard there is, they call it the irrational, irrationality right. standard. It has to be mm -hmm. illegal or rational now, or unlawful, I think they call it. Um, first, if there is a legal error, they misapply the law, then that is always, you know, that always meets the standard. That's the first thing to understand. But where the irrationality thing comes into play and where it's a little bit difficult in a merger case against the, FTC, uh, the, the CMAs, mergers are inherently forward-looking, prospective. You're talking about your assessment of the situation and your predictions of how things are going to pan out going forward. And that is why it's a little bit difficult to say this expectation of what's going to happen is irrational. But even that has happened. The CAT has overruled substantive parts of merger rulings on that basis. And I think it's going to happen here. People should not be overly afraid of the standard. The CM, Again, one out of three CMA cases, merger cases, mergers, not generally antitrust cases, where it's a little easier to defeat them even. But merger cases, one out of three since 2010, has actually been found erroneous, at least in part. And that means it goes back. Would the CMA cause problems again on remand? I personally don't think so. I think they're institutionally weakened by all of the pushback from wow. all three branches of the government, as we discussed at the outset of this, yep. of this reporting. And they've got basically the whole industry against them. You've got companies like Take-Two in favor, Electronic Arts, EAB. Yep. You've got NVIDIA, Boosteroid, the very cloud gaming right. The whole cloud market is against them. <laughs> I mean, they, they, claim, they claim to know better. Those companies do not want to be protected, in quotes, protected in air quotes, by the CMA with that decision. They must be protected by the CAT from the CMA. Yeah. So the small companies that, that you say you're trying to protect are against your protection, saying, look, this is good for us. Leave us alone with you over here. We, we, we need this, and you over here trying to block it. We don't need your protection. Exactly, and that's why today, in her historic speech, the EU antitrust chief, Margrethe Vestager, why she said in her speech, by the way, we got, you know, fantastic feedback. Yep. From cloud gaming companies, from companies, from consumer groups, so much, all of that. Yep. That was what I called in my tweet a diplomatic dick at yep. the CMA. She was not saying the CMA did not get it, but she said we cannot have been all that wrong because instead of instead of like an outcry, instead of outrage at us clearing the deal, we get this. And by the way, I mean, obviously, we're not going to say that a antitrust is law and not democracy. So it's not like a majority vote. But when it comes to like, how do people respond? Majorities can be interesting to know. And on Twitter, the European Commission's clearance decision quickly got over a million views, 6,000 likes, yep. and the original CMA blocking tweet was still only at about 4,000 likes, like, and it was already three to four weeks old, and it had been, you know, it had been cited and quoted all over. It had been referred to by 4,000 ponies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, I, I, at the end of the day, I, I, I want to just come out and already, I just want to say thank you, for Florian, for spending two mm -hmm. hours of your day 
on a show that, you know, obviously we're meeting for the first time. I've had post up here to have both of you here is an incredible honor for me personally, because like I, I, I explained in the interim of the, of the actual topics is that I learned so much uh, from from your posts mm-hmm. and even sitting here live on the air you know i'm taking notes and some of the things florian that you came across that you talked about especially your discovery on who uh was uh was was a main uh main proponent to block the deal and his and his uh background i it, it, I'm, I'm completely blown away but Look, ladies and gentlemen, there's been a lot of super chats, and unfortunately, I'm going to read them at the beginning of tomorrow's breakfast at Boom simply because I don't want to be rude to post up and to Florian because I, I didn't expect them to have him here this long, and we're already almost two hours in. I apologize. You guys know how I feel about reading the super chats. I will give you guys the credit and guys and gals the credit for it because you don't. I'm not owed anything. I do this out of the love of of gaming. I do it out of the love of the industry, but more importantly. My wife and I created this channel because we are community focused. So, of course, I, I don't want you to be offended if I didn't read it. I will get to it tomorrow to open up Breakfast at Boom. I'll read every one of them. I will answer every one of them. But before we get out of here, uh, Florian, I, I have all of your information in the show notes. So if anyone clicks on the show, they can, of course, go to your blog. To your blog. They can go to you on Twitter. But I would like you to tell people if they don't want to wait for that, and they want to currently say they said they're so blown away with what you had to say and they want to read some of your 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 published work. Where could they go to get that? And more importantly, where could they follow you on Twitter? Yeah, thanks, Boom. So um, on Twitter, the, my, my handle there is FOSS Patents. It's F-O-S-S, which originally was is act, that's actually the acronym for free and open source software because that was my topic in the beginning patent hmm. issues for like linux and similar software so it's foss as in free and open source software and patents um plural with an s in the end um they'll find me i think they'll easily find me also if they search for some of those abk related keywords like microsoft <laughs> activision cma it uh, shouldn't be too hard to um, to find me I'd have been prepared to take a couple of questions, but I understand that we need to at some point wrap up. And I hope people will understand that we just cannot do all of that um, in one show. This is a very complex issue. I just wanted to finally also point out that the UK is not a jurisdiction with which I've got a whole lot of experience. Um, my primary focus is actually on US cases, including you know antitrust as well as patent cases, followed by EU cases. In, in the EU, Germany is an important jurisdiction. It's the largest economy in the EU. I often comment on German patent cases because about... 80% or so of all of the interesting patent cases in Europe get filed in Germany. It's it's a hotspot. Um, the UK's jurisdiction is, it's common law like in the US. So there are some similarities, but obviously also some major differences. So the terminology there is different at times. Um, some of those procedural rules. But what I really, of course, what I can assure people of is that I have an idea of, you know, what like the substantive parts of these cases, how they are decided. So when it comes to, is something a valid theory of harm? Is it proportionate to reject the remedy or is it irrational? I believe I'm in a reasonably good position to to form an opinion on that based on UK law being somewhere in the middle between EU and US law. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, you haven't gotten it wrong yet. Uh, I've been following you for as long as this case has been, uh, you know, around for us to discuss. You have you have kept me personally incredibly intrigued, uh, again, especially on the finite points of things that are a little bit over my head. Uh, so, I, I again, I, Florian, I, I cannot thank you enough for, for taking the time uh, to be here. We definitely got to get you back for sure. Uh, I, I'd love to do a roundtable discussion ultimately when the deal is passed. Once this is behind us and, and, and maybe the CMA folds, maybe they, you know, maybe they don't and, and Microsoft closes all over them. But once this deal is officially done, I would love to have you, Everborn, and, and post up with a few other people to talk about the ramifications. Because the, 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 the importance of this deal being blocked specifically in the UK the ramifications for both Microsoft and Activision are, are they are looming because we have heard that if this one block goes through, Microsoft's not going to have a, a shot to have anything passed by the CMA. So there there is precedence to fight on this. And, and I'm glad that the EU and China and several of the big re, uh, regions of the world realize that this is only going to benefit gamers. But again, thank you for being here. And of course, post up. Listen, brother, it didn't matter that you were late. You were here. We appreciate you taking the time. You got to yeah. sell your brand because we want to grow your channel just as much as we want to grow mine. You are an incredible mind. You are an incredible member of this community. You've been keeping us, you and Florian, even when this block came down, you still were fighting the good fight, even though people were being pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty nasty out Ooh. there, almost to the point where I blocked a lot of people because of the way both of you were treated, because mm. of your, you know, you had a stout opinion that you refused to to bend back on, and you were right to do so. Sell your brand, tell everyone where they can go to your YouTube channel, follow you, subscribe there, and more importantly, reach out to you on social media on Twitter. Well, thanks for having me, Boom. It's always a pleasure, and I'm glad I was able to uh, finally get on uh, with Foss. I remember when I uh, first started. Um, screenshotting his blogs and stuff like that and, <laughs> and putting them on Twitter for his takes. And when I first started, people were like, who is this? And this and but now um, he's uh, he's built a community of gamers that, 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 that goes to him for information in cases like this, not just in this cases, but other cases too. So it's always good when you're able to drive people towards information that they're like, because I've, I've always say this is new for us in the game community in terms of, of merger. And we're in the process in the States where we're continuously trying to figure out how all of this works. So to be able to rely on FOSS, to be able to rely on whole law and IDOS or, or any other, the lawyers that's out there that, that report on this is amazing. And it helped educate us, but they can follow uh, me on Twitter at um, post up underscore S O G. You can um, please subscribe to my channel on YouTube at state of gaming, or you can yep. look up post up. Um, I, I talk about this. We talk about games. We talk about a plethora of other uh, other things. So please support the platform. We're trying to grow and, and, and build out. Uh, but yeah, called all types of names. Yes. When the CMA came down with their decision, they said it was over. Yeah, ain't no way this and any this and that. And I'm like, look, I'm riding this and. You're holding your hashtag holding the line as as King David has made popular. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, definitely. Um, because I knew um listening to like whole law and false that it wasn't over. I knew it wasn't over, and I'm like, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna drop with the ship. I'm gonna go down with the ship. <laughs> whether it, it whether it goes through or not, I'm 10 toes down. And look at 
Here we are. Here we are. With every other regulator approve it, and one is being left out there by themselves on the island, <laughs> and, and, and something gonna happen. Um, something gonna take place. I think it's gonna. I, I'm still hundred percent sure it's gonna go. How it's gonna get there? Whether it be a carve out, whether it be um, the cat um, not reprimanding back to um, um, the CMA and saying, "Look, we're just gonna make this decision for y'all because y'all kind of dropped the bag on this." However it goes, I think it's going to get um, pushed through, and then us as the Xbox community uh, could benefit from it as well as other gamers. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I just want to say a big thank you to a lot of new faces that I've never seen before. And I probably have they're here thanks to Florian, who put it out there on the social with a lot of people that follow him. I'm Mr. Boomstick XL. This is Double Barrel Gaming. I do five live streams a, a, a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, we have these kinds of conversations. Obviously, we do talk about gaming tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the new episode of Breakfast of Boom is going to cover the Sony uh, Sony Showcase aftermath, which uh, it wasn't good, folks. It might be. It might. It, I mean, it might go down as one of Sony's worst shows in the history since the. Uh, this is uh, you know the, this is how you you, you stab the crab. From back in the PlayStation Three launch, and they um, blaming the ABK deal. Yeah, it, it was. It was. A, again, <laughs> we talked about it last night. Last night we had broke records for yeah. uh, primetime game. We had over twelve hundred people there. Wow. Today on X Vlog Live, folks, we we just missed a thousand people in the live chat, and that is a record for this show. And again, this is still a growing channel. Um, and I cannot thank you enough if you are finding the channel for the first time because you are already subbed or following either Florian or post up, I would ask that you take the time to please consider subscribing. We are on the hunt to 13,000 subscribers. We hit 12 earlier this year. Uh, and it would be pretty awesome that if you appreciated the professionalism that w that, that took place today with Florian with post up, that you would consider subscribing. And of course I do want to close out the show with something that my father taught me. It's incredibly important to me. I hope one day it'll be important to you. And he used to tell me, while he sat me on his knees, he used to say, Craig, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, Craig. I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. And once again, thank you for checking out uh, uh, this uh, very, very special of Xbox Live uh, for Florian Muller. And for post up, I am Mr. Boomstick XL, and we're going to wish you a lovely day and stay safe. And we'll see you on the next episode of X Vlog Live. Hey.